betting goal um, NRL podcast for round 22. Uh, my name is James Smith, and joining me is Jeff Centenera. How are you going, mate? Very well, James. Good to be with you. Yeah, especially this week. Uh, this week, um, because we finished the magazine. <laughs> yes, we're still a little <laughs> bit. Uh, we're a little bit jaded, but we're a little bit hypo as well, as, as hypo as us two can get. Mm, that's yeah. just it. It's a weird combination of feelings, isn't it? You know, you're, you're euphoric that the magazine is done, but then you realise just the, the work that you put into it, and then you feel like you've, yeah, you've played a full 80 minutes. That's a marathon, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So, so th- th- this week's um, podcast um, is going to kick off with uh, a bit of a chat about uh, retro footy, seeing as though it's Fox Sports um, retro round, and have gone berserk, um, you know, uh, in promoting all things, um, all things yesterday. Um, so we'll have a yarn about that, and we'll cover off our heroes and zeros for the week, and we'll have a look at round twenty-two of, of the NRL as far as the matchups go. Um, in our World Cup countdown, we, we want to have a look at at uh, the progress of uh, Lebanon rugby league, and um, and how they're shaping up for the World Cup at the end of the year, and then finally we'll have a bit of a discussion about two really good pieces that are in our August 2017 edition of um, Inside Sports. So lots to um, discuss on, on this week's this week's show. But uh, yeah, we'll kick off with this um, retro round that's um, about to happen and there's some great matchups. But just aside from all the games that are going to happen, kudos to Fox Sports for doing this because retro is huge at the moment, especially in sport, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, it's it's good to kind of kind of recognise the game's heritage yeah. in, in, in almost every form. Um, you know, football is so, and I think this is true of every code, is so calibrated to kind of what what's ahead, like what's going to happen, like the very next week. So, like, it often feels like that yesterday's news in in uh, in our major uh, major footy codes it is really really kind of old yeah. but um yeah it's it's nice to kind of yeah dip into into this every so often it's um especially with rugby league too because you're talking retro i guess that means the 70s and 80s doesn't it mm. like in most things and like back in the 1980s um in particular rugby league had really definable jerseys and teams and big bold personalities and and um, I might as well bring it up first. That that Tina Turner ad campaign that was so popular. It was um, I, I attended the uh, uh, launch of Fox League's, League's retro round um, at the Bristol Arms Retro Hotel in, in Sydney through the week, and um, and, and and they they, they touched, touched on it too, um, particularly Greg Alexander. There was Brandy, there was Spud Carroll, and there was uh, Blocker Roach up on stage, all discussing you know back in the day, blah blah blah. But um, yeah, the, the, just the, the the characters that were around, and it, the perfect storm with um, the fact that there were so many innovations brought into the game, like a promo campaign, and it just all just swelled into this explosive sort of um, um, era for the game, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've always wanted to ask you, James, because you yeah. know you're a particular fan uh, of kind of of kind of n- n- uh, football or rugby league nostalgia, yeah, sh- yeah. shall I say? You know. I, 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 I have an inkling in my own mind of, of what the answer is here, but yeah. why do you think? Why is it? Do you think the 1980s loomed so large? You know, when when people remo- remember, you know, league fondly. Is it 
is it just a case that you know it for a lot of people kind of now maybe in their late 30s 40s uh you know or even into their 50s that was kind of that's the year they remember best or is it is there was there something kind of something extra special about that uh that uh, kind of uh, era in the game i think well that's a great point because people our age when we hear old people talking Mm. you know um, 70 80 however old when we hear them talking we we tend to sit there and think oh god they're going on about the good old days again Mm. whereas if we do it we're talking retro and we're we're making a point and there's mm. not really no difference is there no there, there really isn't i can remember we in uh kind of ran into uh, our former editor uh, graham sims uh earlier this morning and um he asked me about uh, whether i'd kind of seen in head's new book about yeah. um about the 1969 kind of grand final and you know he kind of mentioned himself that uh uh, yeah, that, that's my era. Yeah, yeah. and uh, 1969. Exactly. So, you know, I've often wondered when you kind of look at nostalgia, uh, <laughs> is it just a function really of, does it say more about today than really kind of what the truth was, uh, yeah. was the era? Like, you know, for, you know, you kind of made a good point this morning that, you know, we'll, you know, kind of 30 years from now, will we be talking with fond memories about, <laughs> you know, the 2010s, about, you know, and, and you know, that, uh, that, you know, the great Queensland side that was, that mm-hmm. was running around and JT and Cameron. Smith and how you know, they'll never be as good as that again, or, or, or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've often, I've often wondered about that. But I could be convinced that the 1980s were a bit of an extra special time, kind yeah. of in the league. I think it was certainly a moment when you look at it that, that the sport really kind of became a bit more self-confident. Yeah, that you know, it, um, you know, you had Tina Turner, you had kind of Origin arriving and catalyzing kind of a lot of the the, the star power and the spectacle yep. that, that you know that the game had and you know like Australia itself was changing there was a lot of money kind of being liberated because of you know of, of the reform that was going on uh, yeah, of the Labour yeah. government at the time uh, and I think kind of yeah, there, there was a big expression of that in in, in the league and um, that's why I think yeah that uh, the 80s is I, I could be convinced otherwise that true there's probably some big things that happened in the 70s and, yeah, and we, yeah. we know there were big things that happened in the 90s but um, I, I just think that uh, particularly uh, one thing that kind of brought this to mind for me was uh, when um, when uh, sadly when Rugby League Week kind of clo- closed down but you, yeah. and, and many of those old covers were put out there and we saw some of you know, those those fantastic things that they Amazing. the additions that they put out in the 80s were to be reminded of yeah, how good that time was yeah and how enthusiastic the players were about being characters mm. and about promoting the game. Yeah. But promote, promotion in sport, back it wasn't even a thing back then, was it? Yeah. Somebody's obviously said, hey, Blocker or ET, put this silly hat on for this cover and, and they've enthousi- enthusiastically did it. Um, probably be a little bit harder job now, wouldn't it, with uh, everybody self-conscious about their brand and, and all that kind of thing? On that subject of characters, um, you know, you had a... Uh, kind of a good uh, sit down and chat with uh, Blocker Roach yeah, yeah. at this at this event. Yeah. Uh, I love talking to Blocker. I can I remember uh, speaking to him for a, a story on um, on uh, uh, front rowers basically um, yeah, yeah, the big right. men the big men of the game a couple of years ago yeah. and. Um, my two big takeaways from that interview were that um, Blocker uses the word wrecking balls as a, as a, <laughs> as a verb. I love that, you know. <laughs> yeah. He wrecking balls this, he was wrecking balling that, you know. <laughs> he so, well on social media, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, but the, the other thing I loved was that he talked about his fondness for his, for his time, um, and he was talking about how different it was and that um, yeah. 
you know, you know, every these days these guys are true professional athletes. You know, it's their it's their job. Whereas back in the day, even even the, even though they were being paid, uh, you know, his in his words, beautiful description of it. We had two trainings a week, and one was a barbecue. So you know, um, yeah, I think when you kind of talk about kind of the, the gentleman that you mentioned, I, I think plainly they'd love to play in today's era and be able to make the money that these guys make but um yeah. i think they're fond of their own time in insofar as they uh they they were able they were able to make money and kind of establish a profile yet at the same time it kind of remained uh you know a bit of a game like yeah. you don't i don't think you see kind of the, the maybe the the burnout that you might find no. on a, on on the part of some of these uh some of these guys now who no. have to you know, have to take it so so seriously yeah. like how did you how did you find uh you know kind of your conversation with uh with Steve oh yeah, yeah. his name's Steve isn't that right <laughs> he's Steve yeah. this um this, he just oozes the game doesn't he yeah he does you can feel the energy coming out coming out of him. I don't know how old he is mm. but ageless he, <laughs> he's just very passionate about yeah. a game that he played 20 25 years ago and and um but what, one thing you just touched on there I'll I'll uh, add to um I interviewed Gary Jack a few months ago yeah. he was talking about how, how blessed and glad he was that he um, played in the era where they had to have jobs and they had to, um, yeah, he basically had to be working and playing. He could certainly save up a, a decent mortgage and a decent, make a decent living from playing, but it wasn't enough by itself. And he said, and what that did was it kept the players grounded, it gave them a real, real um, de- uh, personal development as far as dealing with human beings that was concerned probably something that's uh, missing from from today's game with with a lot of players so yeah. found that interesting as yeah as you said as someone who is fond of that era what yeah. what would you what what is the one thing from from the rugby league of the 80s yeah that you would like to still kind of exist now like what what is the one piece of the 1980s that you would have loved to br- uh, bring out yeah. and uh, kind of import into today's game, I guess by definition that has disappeared from today's game? Uh, uh, for me, the biggest thing from the era was the jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> you, you knew who Balmain was and what jersey they wore. Even people who didn't like, like follow the game, oh, Balmain, yeah, they, they were the orange and black. You know, the, you know what the funny thing was I find too about that sometimes I found that the sponsors the yeah. naming sponsors that they had became a part of the team did, like whereas now because it changes so often yeah. that I don't think you kind of get the value like when like Panasonic was on a jersey yeah. you know you became you came to recognize that oh yeah that, that's part of that team and their yeah. identity so and you saw yeah. the Rabideau's jersey Smith's crisps yeah, that, 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 they were one. Was it Hardy for Parramatta? That, that I, um, yeah, yeah, James Hardy. Yeah, James Hardy. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Penrith had this beautiful new two KA sponsorship. Two KA was a radio station mm. in Penrith, and it was like, yeah, that makes complete sense. The local radio station sponsoring the local footy team, and and now it's big corporate brands sponsoring professional footy teams, and and uh, yeah, but but to answer to go back a few questions, um. What people are so attracted to nostalgia by it, I think, I think it, nostalgia is a very safe place to hide. Mm. Everything, you can build your own memories of, of what you've been through and, and that sort of thing. But I, um, I completed an arts degree a year and a half ago now, and one of the units towards the end of the degree was a history unit that focused on nostalgia and monuments and all that sort of thing. And, and yeah, people love to feel safe in the past um, and... and I just I love this notion of of um, the history and past never changes when when in actual fact it changes every single day. Yeah. The, 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 Reinterpreted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the longer we go on, 
the more glorious the 80s and 70s of rugby league will be. Um, yeah, I, I find that. I find it interesting. So do you think that maybe within 10 years' time, maybe even less, that we're going to have a 90s nostalgia yeah. uh, kind of boom? Yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> even today we're, we're starting yeah. to look back on it. You know, we're suddenly going to start <laughs> seeing people waxing lyrical about the, you know, the, you know, um, the Adelaide Rams and you know, the Western Reds and yeah. you know, Hunter Mariners and, <laughs> and so forth. We're nearly there. South, anyway, Queens, we? South Queensland Crushers. We're nearly there. Mm. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? With more and more young people coming through. That that Super League era is just going to be completely alien, isn't it? Oh yeah, they're going to be like, what the hell happened back then? Exactly. There's a there's just a huge disruption kind of in the mid '90s, and you're like, yeah, yeah I think it's almost like from another planet. What was what was going it on was there? Crazy. Yeah, mm. yeah. All right. So that's enough um, talking like a pair of old men. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, uh, retro round is going to be huge, and then we'll touch on the games a little bit later. But. Uh, now we want to touch on our heroes and zeros of the past week. And the hero, undoubtedly, you're going to say a little bit about him, Jeff. Um, Cameron Smith, 350th game on, on the weekend. He's, <laughs> he's a very polarising figure. Mm. Whether you hate him because he's too perfect and he, and he you know, gets any refs he is too much or whether you love him because just because he's a genuine good bloke with that annoyingly beautiful smile of his. He's just... Uh, He's everywhere, isn't he? <laughs> you know, even if he is kind of like the third ref on the field, I, I, I don't know how that sustains an argument of him being any less than than kind of a historic and defining player oh, of his age. You know, 350 games. The thing that really blew my mind is he's played 50 tests and 42 origins, so he's actually closing in on 500 matches. Yeah. So, you know, to think that, you know, you could play, you know, 500 you know, rugby league games is just is just mind blowing. You know, so, yeah. but I, I, you know, kind of, when I think about Cameron Smith, the one thing I want to pitch at you, James, and this to yeah. me is, is it really is kind of an argument for for why I think you know he is you know the best player of his day, even beyond JT, okay, or, or Billy Slater or, or Inglis or whoever you want to put up there. Yeah, yeah. I think Smith. The, you know, we have often pointed out that the gap between Smith and any of his kind of contemporaries at, at Hooker. Are, uh, is very large. I reckon the gap between Smith and anybody in the history of the game who played hooker is, you know, is ex- is just as large. You know, I mean, yeah. the names that you can kind of can put up there. Yeah. Uh, I can I understand somebody um, uh, put up a I think it was on Fox Sports this week a, a kind of a kind of comparison graphic between uh, Smith and um, Steve Walters, who was yeah. was a terrific player, but you never thought that Steve Walters was the best player in the game when he was when no. he was running around. No. And you know, you know, surely old timers will pull out names like Noel Kelly, Ian Noel Walsh, Kelly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so forth. But I don't think any of them kind of compare to, you know, to no. Cameron Smith. So you know, yeah, I mean, that, right. that, to me, that's that's kind of the you know a starting a starting point for me. So it, I was gonna what I was gonna put to you is yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of how does. How do you think Smith compares to you know, to the kind of the great um, great hookers of history? Oh, I just I completely agree. Um, they certainly weren't as fast as him. They mm. weren't as creative with the ball. Maybe a few of them were a little bit tougher than him in terms of. I mean, we talk about Smith, you know, the nickel and all that kind of thing. He, he, Smith doesn't niggle compared to, mm. you know, imagine Noel Kelly and Cameron Smith being compared <laughs> in the niggle <laughs> department. Like, um, well, it just seems like that, that was also, a, that was always a, prere- a prerequisite for the position. It was. Like, you know, if you're not doing that, you're not playing hooker properly. That's right. If you weren't shoving your face in, shoving your hands in fr- uh, front rowers' face, if you weren't spitting on them, gouging them, kicking them, mm. um, that, that in itself took up a lot of energy for the old players. Yeah. It's, it's something that's... Um, 
uh, and underappreciated. You know, we weren't all about footy back then. It was all about trying to upset the opposition <laughs> physically. And but yeah, no, you're right. I'm, as, as you were talking there, I was trying to think. Yeah, oh, blokes like Jeff Tuvey, not even close. Danny Vadiris. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm struggling to think of uh, hookers and number nines. Roy, Roy Simmons wasn't even. He, he wasn't even the same player mm. as, as what Cameron Smith was. And yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, it's a great question. Yeah, I mean, you've got other names that kind of they're kind of through through you know, the, the history of the game. Ken, Ken Kearney, Carney, uh, yeah. Sid Pierce. Like it. it um, yeah. It really doesn't quite compare. But you raised a good point, um, and I think this comes to you from, I can't remember who, who kind of it came to you from, but um, the idea that, again, to you know, the, the notion that today's hookers really aren't like yeah, the hookers of the past. Yeah, yeah, they, they were hookers back then, whereas, um, that's right, um, whereas Cameron Smith's a, a number nine. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon just plays in the middle, yeah, plays in the middle of the field and plays, yeah, in, out of dummy half a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 Imagine, imagine a bloke like Cameron Smith, as skillful and as organised as he is, than having to back up and try and rake the ball out in a scrum. It would kind of almost seem a waste, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because he's almost an extra half. So. Well, one of the things that I can always remember telling you that I, there was one uh, uh, kangaroos test where um, just because, like, there was a... It was down in Wollongong. I can't remember who they are playing. I think it was a Pacific Island nation, maybe oh, yeah. Samoa. Oh, yeah, and, a, couple uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah and what happened was um, with, the, with the number of injuries that they had in the game... Um, they had to bring pretty much all the playmakers onto the field. All the halves, oh, right. uh, halves yeah. types, were, were, were on the field and on the bench. So they had um, they had Smith play basically as an edge forward for, for the rest of the game. He played as basically a, a roving back rower. Wow. And let me tell you something: he was brilliant. He was brilliant <laughs> running off the edge, like kind of catching passes and like kind of finding space in the edge of the defense and making offloads it was kind of a reminder that this guy is a brilliant footballer full stop it's like he could do pretty much any i reckon you could put him at fullback and he'd probably find a way to you know play fullback half decently yeah, yeah, yeah. you know he's just that good and it just so happens that um yeah that uh, he's he, he plays the role that he plays as you know kind of some, as this kind of um yeah, this midfield genius really and he was hanging out at Hawthorne training last week mm. I think I, I don't know what he was doing maybe but yeah no doubt you hang around blokes like him and no doubt footy players can pick up just mm. one or two more percent just by being around him hey yeah, yeah. One more, one more bit I'd add to the, the Cameron Smith love I mean <laughs> yeah. you know he's he will kind of he's got um uh, Lockyer, right? Darren Lockyer's record in his sights, yeah, yeah, if yeah. Um, which he can catch, I think, in the final series. If he plays every game for the rest of the season, and then oh. just the first two finals. Is he going to catch Terry Lamb? Terry oh, Terry Lamb. Lamb. He, well, three, he's, already he's, uh, he's already tied, so he'll, okay. he'll surpass Terry Lamb this week. Uh, but the, oh, yeah. the thing that caught my eye was that um, with another couple of seasons, uh, which will kind of get him to 400, he could also set the record for most points in a rugby league career, which oh, right. I found very interesting. He's got an outside... If he stays kind of on the pace that he does, yeah. you know, in, in terms of point scoring for most of his career, he might catch um, uh, Hazem Al-Mazari. I was going to say, yeah, for, a record holder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, funnily enough, there was a, quite a nice little horse race going on because the guy who's right there with him is JT. But, oh, you know, right. if, if Thurston doesn't play, you know, doesn't get to play much again because, you know, Thurston, of course, scores at a much faster rate than, than uh, Cameron Smith. But... Uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have you know it's like that you know like that old story they say about Jack Nicholas in golf that you know yeah. he makes the record book very easy because all you have to do is write Jack Nicholas a lot and <laughs> I think Cameron Smith is going to do the same. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. At the no, end of his career, no, for sure. Well, well said. Um, so anyway, that's how I, as you say, Cameron Smith love in the section. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our zero. So that was our hero and our zero. 
I, I nominate Kenny Edwards. Um, I was down at my local um, watching this game, and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe what I saw. It was it was a high shot. Um, it was it was in the uh, Parramatta Brisbane game, and um, and it, there was a high shot by Nathan Brown on uh, Jonas Pearson, the the Broncos winger, who went down. He sort of um, Brown struck him across the sort of upper chest and, and neck area with a stiff arm. It was he, Jonas Pearson was sliding down. So that was all right. You know, everyone sort of looked at that and thought, "Well, oh, that's a bit high," but he was sliding, slipping down, and and um, and then for some reason, Kenny Edwards. You saw him on the ground. This Broncos winger was injured, and Kenny Edwards like just dropped on him and and just like landed on his chest. Just uh, Twitter blew up about it, and it was just a really ordinary piece of play. I thought mm. You're, that player is on the ground injured. He isn't going to get up and, ru- and rush and play the ball. Um, but Kenny Edwards' defence was that he th- he didn't know he was injured. So that was <laughs> he was just being smashed in a not a head eye tackle, but he's coming. Much. He's coming right. They're coming right for us. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. And um, the only other the only other incident um, I can relate this to was earlier in the year. Lachlan Coot got belted near the Cowboys line, and um, James Maloney came over and did a similar thing. And just a, not not a pretty act. Just, just something that the game doesn't need. Maybe owed him money. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that just contra, it just um, contradicts everything that we say about where are the characters gone, where are the mugs gone, where are the <laughs> Kenny Edwards tries to do his bit and he gets shot down. <laughs> so there you go. That's my zero um, of the week. Um, Shall we get into some matchups? Yes, indeed. Alrighty. So kicking off um, on Thursday night uh, will be. The Bulldogs and Eels, um, and I'm going to revert back to original stadium names for this round. At Stadium Australia, oh, uh, <laughs> um, the Bulldogs uh, lost 16 to 8 to Penrith last week. I was out of that game. It was incredibly cold and incredibly boring. <laughs> one of the most, it was one of the most uneventful games of footy I've ever seen. It wasn't bad. It was just mm. nothing happened. Mm. Like literally, yeah. yeah. Then the um, score should have been nil-nil, shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it should have been. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Uh, Brett Morris is back for the for the Dogs, so that's good for them. Um, and Parramatta, um, they beat the Broncos 28-14 in one of their best performances in many a year. It was super impressive, especially without Clint Gutherson. So uh, they've won five on the trot now, um, and they're in the top four on points, so they're that, swimming. Yeah, no, that... Um, that really crept up on me. I was, I remember yeah. kind of looking kind of after rep period and at, at um, kind of the shape of the, the kind of the finals chase. And, uh, I, you know, I kind of lumped para into a group that might be, you know, could, that were, might be in or out of the eight. And now it looks like they might be in the top four. I mean, what do you think of, what do you think of their chances oh. to kind of, you know, be in the top four by the end of the season? Oh, they're very strong and mm-hmm. they're very strong because they're just snuckling down and playing footy. Yeah. They're, they're turning into, Mainly's a little bit on the slide, but they're turning into a new version of them. They're, yeah. uh, they're not very glamorous. They're just playing really good go forward footy and yep. not making many errors at all. So yeah, mm. uh, all, all, all power to them. I think they'll uh, they should get the points against the Dogs. Um, it's it's at, at that ground. It's a neutral venue, so can't see the Dogs offering up anything new that they that they haven't in the first twenty matches of their season. Yeah, they're getting more and more ordinary by the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Friday night will be the Heritage match, Dragons versus Rabbitohs at the Sydney Cricket Ground. At the Heritage hour of 6pm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, 
who, who knows what's going on with the Dragons? Mm. You just don't know, do you? Um, they lost to Newcastle last week. That's just that's unforgivable in itself. But then Mary McGregor did what Ricky Stewart did the week before, came out and just absolutely gave it to the refs. Yeah. And yeah, and then but, but then you look at the list of the, the stats. Um, coming out of the St George performance as far as errors go and missing. Yeah, I mean, that was the big thing in that yeah, match. I mean, exactly. like, yeah. it seemed like they had a lot of chances to actually, you know, you know uh, to score and, like, Newcastle was giving them enough chances to, to beat them. Yeah. But, yeah, they just couldn't. They could, it, it was always that case where they'd, they'd make a long break and then they drop the ball on the uh, on the final pass, or you know okay. there was there was at least if I remember there was at least a couple of disallowed kind of tries in that in that match that you know could have yeah. swung kind of the other way. So yeah. you know it's yeah it was plainly one you, you didn't want to lose, but it, you know I think we were speaking about it last week that it's the kind of one that that George Lawara is apt to yeah. apt to drop. So it, it's, it, it's uh, the pressure game of the round. Mm. It's a pressure team actually. If you play Melbourne. You know you're gonna. You know you're probably gonna lose. No pressure, but Newcastle, you're expected to win, so pressure's on. Yeah, and yeah. I got tipped over. I've got to let you uh, issue your thoughts on why <laughs> it is they're playing a, a, a two classic sides at a classic yeah. venue at the non-classic, you know, football time of six p.m. on yeah. a Friday. At the non-classic <laughs> um, place to get to uh, after work. Um, I don't know why this is. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be rational about it. What why they would have done it mm. is it a is it a an event where they try and attract kids to it maybe so that it ends at seven o'clock or something i would have thought with some setup like this that yeah this was a natural for a weekend yeah. afternoon yeah. like you know yeah. i mean kind of milk the you know and they have done it in the past and maybe it's just yeah. a thing where they're, they're at a juncture in the schedule in terms of with, with turnarounds and so forth that they oh, could yeah. only they could only fit it into the fixture yeah. you know, in this in this time slot but um it seems like, yeah, it seems like a, a bit of a waste to, to, to do something like, you know, we just talked about nostalgia before. It seems yeah. a waste to kind of just shoehorn, you know, kind of, you know, something that has such classic connotations into, you know, into what is really kind of the, the time slot for people to watch early on a Friday on, yeah. on, on television. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, this has got 3 p.m. Sunday written all over. Mm, indeed. Sorry, 2 or 4 p.m. as it is now. Yeah. Um, the Rabbitohs, uh, meanwhile... Um, they got well beaten by Canberra, and they've lost five in a row. There's all sorts of stories have started up again about Madge. Um, mm. Apparently, he's crazy now. Apparently, all the players think he's mad with the stuff that he tries and all that sort of stuff. Well, having read his book, you know, reading his book a couple oh, yeah. of years ago, I don't think he was he was not crazy then. It was just that he was he was crazy in winning. So yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, who knows what's happening in that dressing room? Um, Next game, Cowboys and Storm. So this, so we finally get the uh, the great matchup that um, that we've been wa- uh, waiting for, minus JT of course, but still a lot more quality players than the last time these two played. These two teams met. Uh, this is on Friday night, seven fifty at the Willows Sports Complex up in Townsville. Oh, this is yeah. Okay, so this is even going further north. I was trying to. Oh no, 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 no sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm being clever. This is, oh, this is what sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I was, I was mistaken there. I was thinking there's another Cairns match. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. no, I'm being a, a smart ass here. So. Willows. <laughs> Willows Sports Complex. Um, so the cows lost to the Roosters 22-16 last week. Um, they were good in the first half. It looked like they were going to dominate mm. with um, Jake Friend out for the Roosters, but. They just hardened up in the second half of the Roosters. One thing I will say about about the Cowboys, watching them live, and I, 
you, you, you get a real appreciation for Jake Granville. Mm. He's a good player. Good player. Yeah, I've yeah. always liked Jake Granville. I yeah. thought, um, yeah, I mean, play, obviously in their run to to the Premiership a couple of years ago, yeah. I mean, you know, JT is essential to whatever they do. And, and Tamil Lolo is just so, is such a you know, Im, you know impressive, visceral player. And, you know, <laughs> you know obviously you, you can see what kind of how good a player like a Matt Scott is. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought in terms of just the form guys that kind of get you over the line, you know, in September, I, I thought Granville played as well as anybody yeah, in, that, in, that, in that Premiership side. Yeah, definitely. He's just, just coming along at the wrong time, hasn't he, with all those quality hookers that, as we were talking about. Mm. Um, the Storm, um, they thrashed Manly last week. They've won four on the trot. And uh, so th- last week it was the other way around, but this week Cameron Munster is out and Billy Slater returns to fullback. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's the uh, the latest um, superstar switchover that they've had. And they're just uh, on their way to the premiership. Are you as convinced as some other observers, James, that it's really the Storm's premiership to win this year? Yeah, Brent, Brent Tate made some very kind of definitive soundings this yeah. week that it will be... Well, these aren't his words. These are mine. But yeah. it will be a mistake if any if any team other than the Storm, oh, right. yeah, kind of kind of wins it. Because you know, if you actually look at the metrics, they really are kind of way ahead. Yeah. Funnily enough, they're only one game ahead of second place. That's but, right. um, yeah. but yeah, by by a lot of other measures, they really are. Yeah, they really are kind of way out in front. But the Roosters, is, um, we'll talk about them later on. But mm. they're such a good team as well. They're solid as yeah, yeah, even without friend. Um, Anyway, we weren't talking about them. <laughs> I find this is interesting. This is kind of one of those. It's you know, you make that trip north. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's a tough one. I could I could yeah. very well see Melbourne dropping this one, and yeah, um, and then totally. you know yeah. maybe you know they, they don't have to play too bad too yeah too badly to lose, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah that kind of yeah that kind of recasts kind of the situation down down the stretch but um yeah yeah, yeah. um i have actually yeah put, put me in the camp of the people who yeah i've really been surprised at how resilient yeah, north queensland has been they're a good team mm. as, as jt always says and mm. we, we only see one player in that team but he always says um, they're a good team from one to 17 so maybe he's, he's right yeah yeah okay so newcastle is playing the warriors at marathon stadium um saturday afternoon three o'clock Beautiful time slot. Um, they, of course, uh, as we've said, beat the Dragons last week for their third win of the year. It's massive. And um, the Warriors, they lost to Cronulla last week. Apart from that, I, I, <laughs> I reckon Newcastle's going for their um, consecutive uh, win, and, and I think they're going to do it. Hey. <laughs> That's my bold prediction for... That game. What intrigues me about this match is that the two uh, two fan bases can talk to each other about what they're going to do with their salary cap space next year. Because apparently, they're, yeah, they're they're two of the five clubs that actually will be below that uh, that nine point that, that lowered nine point million nine point one million dollar ceiling. So, Jeez. whereas other teams are struggling to figure out how they're gonna how they're gonna get back under the limit for next year. Is that because uh, um, Warriors are getting rid of Forum? Is that why? Or? I believe so. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's a big part of it. And that and I think their yeah their salary structure is probably. Uh, Reasonable, and, and and we all know that you know that Newcastle has gads of money to spend, yeah, uh, even yeah. after you know kind of throwing all that uh, money at uh, Kalamponga. But um, yeah, yeah uh, so it's um, you know uh, it's one of those classic late season down ladder type contests. <laughs> but that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing that you know you can hearten yourself with <laughs> the midwinter uh, lowly bloody matchup. Yeah. Um, what are we up to now? Titans Broncos. Titans Broncos. At Seagull Stadium, <laughs> the home of Wally Lewis in the in the late nineties, um, 
the Titans, um, they were well beaten by the Tigers last week. That was a, a really disappointing performance. I, I didn't watch it, but apparently Jared Hayne was um, just up to his old tricks of trying to score a try off every play and trying to be too fancy when they needed to really knuckle down. <laughs> Kevin Proctor's back for them, so that's that's massive. Um, mm-hmm. And and meanwhile, the Broncos, as, as we said, were beaten by the Eels. Uh, Andrew McCulloch out is a massive loss. That's... That is a horrendous out for them. He's mm. a talk about workhorse. Yeah, mm. workhorse hookers, and he's a he's a huge omission. Um, Hunt goes to hooker, and mm. Cody Nikarima is going to be playing halfback. So they've got experience everywhere to cover whatever position, don't they? Yeah. Um, again, I mean, this kind of falls into the category at this time of year. Like that, Brisbane's right in the thick of the chase. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if they, and they, if they want to. Kind of like, um, kind of position themselves well. I mean, these are the these are the types of games that that you have to win. Still haven't yeah. yeah still haven't kind of got a good handle on on Brisbane yet. Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. quite sure whether yeah they're um, they're a legitimate contender. I mean, plainly like they're they're going to be around the finals and they'll have a chance to win it as anybody else does. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah um, this is kind of one of those games that you know you can be convinced if they actually were able to yeah, yeah pull it out. Yeah, time for Milford to to step up maybe. Mm. Uh, next game is Sharks and Raiders at Endeavour Field. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Uh, Saturday, 7.30pm. Um, the Sharks beat the Warriors last week, so they've won back-to-back games now. And Jack Bird is back at centre for them, so that's a massive boost for, for the Sharks. And the Raiders, they beat South 32-18 to last week, and they've got some big inclusions as well. They've got Jordan Rapana and Josh Papali back from their suspensions, so I still think the Sharks will win, but um, it's probably too late for the Raiders to fire up now, isn't it? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've got that thing where they've got to win them all. But um, yeah. it's kind of kind of a shame. I really enjoyed every time the Raiders and the Sharks played last year. I yeah. mean, it seemed like they, oh, they, they yeah. Games. I think yeah. they, you know, it was like the classic kind of that classic kind of boxing match where the styles really kind of complemented yeah. each other. And you know, we had a golden point one of those games. <sighs> was Jesus. it a goal in it? I think I, be- I believe that was yeah. the case. And then the the final, that first final, well, oh. the only final that they played against each other you know, last year was just an absolute cracker of a game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that that's really commends kind of how Cronulla keeps on you know, has, has been able to stay consistent over you know the last few seasons. Whereas you know the Raiders continued their kind of their kind of up and down. Yeah, disappointing, disappointing all around. Um, next game is Manly and the Roosters at Brookvale Oval. Um, uh, Brookvale Oval on Sunday at two p.m. Um, this stat of Manly's. 92 points conceded in the last two weeks. That's yeah. just horrendous, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they're our slider, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're 2017. Yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we would have thought in really, really good shape, and now they really are in that, that little cluster of three teams with, yeah, with the Dragons are. and the Panthers. Yeah. That um, yeah, that uh, it really now looks like a, a three-way race for the last those last two spots, isn't it? Oh. And, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not exactly the best opponent to have to go up to to go, go up against rather to kind of you know, turn it around. But um, yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of shocking, like kind of just how the bottom has dropped out. You know, you know really last uh, last fortnight for yeah. for the Seagulls. Yeah, um, and the Roosters meanwhile um, beat the Cowboys last week, so they've won three in a row, and they're solidifying every week now. Um, yeah, and, and Jake Friend has been named on an extended bench. He had a really severe wrist injury. Or hand injury um, 
only two weeks ago, I think, so it'd be surprising to see him play. But mm. yeah, I reckon they should leave him for one more week. Um, and the final game is the Panthers and Tigers at Penrith Park on Sunday at four o'clock. Um, Penrith off that boring victory against the Dogs. They've still won four in a row, though, so this is their second p- patch of good form for the year. Matt Moylan named on the, in the reserve group of players, but uh, Leilani Latu suffered a jaw injury last week, and he's an incredible, huge loss for Penrith. Mm. A huge forward um, for them. And the Tigers uh, beat the Titans 26-4, and they've got um, no changes um, I'd, I'd I'm amazed you haven't made it. This sorry, you have anything something to say? Yeah, I'd, I heard on a, on another podcast. I'd, I'd, this is I'd say this is true. James Tedesco has had ten disallowed tries this year. Wow! Can you believe that? I'm gonna have to look into that one a bit further. Yeah, James, you're con, you know, you're contractually obligated. I'm amazed that you made it this far in discussing this <laughs> yeah, game yeah. without the, without the the moral and contractual obligation to mention who is going up against who in this match. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes, I've okay, let's let's, let, let's duck that point because you wanted to evade it on Twitter. But let me ask you this: How many other types of these contests have we have we seen? Um, David Middleton tweeted out an old big league. Yeah. From, oh God, I don't know when it was. It was the early nineties. Yeah. It was it was uh, John McCarthy? Is it? Yeah. Uh, coaching coaching one of his sons against another one of his sons. So that that, that was that was, a, that was a, a coach with two sons in the same game. There you go. I think this is the only other um, instance of it. Right? Yeah, I'm sure it is. I find that remarkable, considering that you know, so I mean, I. the presence of like I was kind of just reading something general about kind of rugby league fathers and sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was actually in the context. It was an article in the Roar uh, and uh, uh, kind of um, reference to uh, props to uh, to Brett Harris who wrote the story. Yeah, uh, that. Um, uh, that uh, why there was no father-son rule in, in the NRL as there was in the AFL but you know it just would happen that most NRL sons do end up playing at their father's club so yeah. why, why would you need one yeah. uh, and by definition um, if uh, if a father does kind of end up back coaching in the league yeah it just yeah. has never been the case too often that uh, that yeah he, he ends up kind of on the other side kind of yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, of, the, of the match against but, yeah. and footy players are Sons of the children very mm. early, don't they? A lot mm. of them have children like in their sort of early twenties and stuff. So, no. yeah, maybe maybe that's why you don't see it all that often. But yeah, that's huge. I liked um, I liked uh, the banter has been good. Yeah, it's been great, <laughs> isn't it? He's, he's going to be grounded. How could how could the NRL get around that? Mm. He's my son. I've grounded him. Game over. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, yeah, so that that's geez, who's going to win that battle of? With the father and son, you'd have to think um, Cleary, the elder, has has the the, the 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 jump on the Panthers. Hey, he, he knows how they play. He knows every player that they've got. He knows their idiosyncrasies. But then he's got to teach his Tigers to manoeuvre that. But that's his big. I think the son is on the field, and that's why he's got a, <laughs> he's got a greater influence on the outcome of the game than I, anything I hope else. You're right. I hope you're right. <laughs> of, of course. Sorry, that was Bob McCartney, not John McCartney. Yeah. Before. <laughs> Just, um, yeah, shocker. Um, so, uh, in our World Cup countdown section now, um, uh, which is going to feature, it's going to be a terrific event towards the end of the year. Uh, last week we fe- we had a bit of a yarn about PNG, and this week um, you wanted to have a chat about Lebanon. Yeah, Lebanon. Yeah, Lebanon. I really love the fact that you know that they field a, a Lebanon side, a Lebanese side, yeah. at the World Cup. 
Um, and yeah, this is the thing that kind of occurred to me when you know, the, the news kind of came out about them this week. Could you build like a, a first grade quality side out of out of the out of the blocks from Lebanon? Like you know, like just the initial kind of pool of guys that they were talking about: Robbie Farah, Tim Manor, Mitchell yeah. Moses, uh, Michael Leisha. Um, possibly Josh Mansour if he doesn't get picked for for Australia. That's yeah. a core of a pretty solid team to me. It is, isn't it? Mm. Isn't it interesting how it's developed into a, a rugby league community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Sydney, it's, mm. it's quite impressive. Actually. I, I think when what it does is it speaks to. Um, I think um, this is a story that was written in the mag a couple of years ago. A story about Robbie Farah that, uh, that was written by Matt Cleary. Yeah. A wonderful kind of piece. If you can dig it out, um, it, uh, it you know. It really kind of speaks to how you know, kind of rugby league was an integrating kind of mechanism for um, for Lebanese uh, migrants, you know, through right. kind of you know the time they came out to, uh, to Australia, and yeah. um, in in ways that um, you know that you've seen kind of other sports do. And I, I think it, um, you know, one of our um, one of our kind of regular contributors to the to the magazine, Remy Haydar, who is, uh, is Lebanese, also speaks to how, you know, kind of the, the game the game really runs deep, kind of in the in the community here, and um, yeah, yeah. I, I think this is kind of a wonderful way of, um, you know, kind of representing uh, that and manifesting that kind of in, in the game's kind of keynote event, yeah. which you know, and, and you know, putting to the side that idea that you know that the, these guys really are Australians, you know, I, I think it's I think it's wonderful that, um, that 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 can do something for you know, kind of for their uh, for their heritage and for the old country. And good on um, Brad. Yes. On that role. Yes, yeah. indeed. As I was saying, uh, um, at work at, at our desks, um, he could have taken on any coaching gig. Um, I get the sense though that Freddie's doing it so he can kind of get in on the Lebanese food. <laughs> like he said, well, that I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn about Lebanese culture, <laughs> coaching <laughs> Lebanon. And I think Freddie's deal is that you know, yes. you know, we'll we'll have some get, uh, team dinners, and you know, that's <laughs> that's what that's what I'll, that's what I'll get in on. And that would attract the players as well, wouldn't it? You you, you would sign up for Lebanon if you. If that was on its way. <laughs> yeah, so oh, well, best of luck to Lebanon. Um, they're playing a couple of games in Sydney, I think. I think they're, yeah, well. they're, playing, they're playing against Australia, I think, in Sydney. I think that, yeah. yeah. I think the, the only thing that kind of, you know, kind of will kind of, kind of contain or put a kind of ceiling on their chances is that they've got, I think they've got the toughest kind of set of opponents, right? Yeah. They've got to play Australia, they've got to play England, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's, uh, yeah. I hope they go well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just a question of um, yeah, they might go well, and you know, kind of results might kind of conspire against them. But uh, yeah. but uh, I think they'll be uh, they'll be a wonderful kind of part of uh, this World Cup. Yeah, terrific. Um, all right, so we're just about to wrap up. Um, but before we do, um, our August twenty seventeen edition is on sale for about another fortnight. Um, yeah, two weeks from from today, it'll be off sale, and and in there is a um, is a really good column by Andrew Voss um, about about the hidden toll that superstar players uh, take yeah. when they're injured. You know, fair enough. There's that whole, oh, yeah, um, they earn shitloads of money. Boo-hoo to them. But, yeah, yeah there, there is a really um, uh, emotional toll that, that um, even superstars like JT go through. It destroys their lives nearly. I, I, I spoke to um, Billy Slater last week and... He got really, really down. He went into some dark places, that bloke, and he's supposed to be, you know, one of the most well-paid and biggest-profile blokes in the game. So, yeah, it, it is a really good um, insight into into the um, injury side of rugby league. 
And uh, you, you've written a, a pillar of a story that you've been, you've been sitting on for a while. <laughs> the, the opportunity finally came, and you've, and you've just jumped straight through the window with this. It's a really good yarn. Yeah, I mean, one of the more interesting people I've met, kind of in uh, kind of in, in, the, in my sports writing travels, is a sports scientist, uh, a Queenslander by the name of uh, Tim Gabbett, Doctor yep. Tim Gabbett, and uh, he he fascinates me insofar as all those things that you kind of kind of all those idle speculations you've ever had about sport like you yeah. know like you know what would it really feel like to be tackled by you know a rugby league first grader you know he, he actually has scientific answers for them he, okay. he's actually studied these things like he's one of the most published kind of sports scientists in the world and like his um his kind of first area was um was skill acquisition so he had um he had some really interesting things to say about around about the time that uh, Carmichael Hunt was, was jumping over oh, to, right, okay. to the AFL because he knew um, uh, Hunt from the, the, you know, his days at Brisbane. Um, yeah. uh, Gabbard also kind of worked extensively with the, with the Broncos on, on Wayne Bennett's staff. And, um, yeah, he, um, yeah, he since kind of moved into that area of, of injury prevention because he's an expert on kind of what they call load management, this, okay. this way of how they try to manage the players' workloads and yeah. they've been able to quantify how much work a player kind of puts in every week. And that has a very direct correlation with a certain type of injury, uh, meaning soft tissue injuries. So things like hamstring pulls, so forth. Um, Teams can actually kind of manage that these days. It's not a case of, and this is the the larger point of the story. We've always been conditioned to think, that injuries are about luck. Like, yep, if we yep. can only get lucky with injuries. I was waiting for you to get around yeah, to this. Is yeah. a, this, is what, this was the most in, in, in interesting part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Life. I mean, yeah, that, you know, it, injuries are always a thing about luck, and certainly some of them are. Like, you know, kind yeah. of, you rip up an ACL, that's, you know, that's luck. You know, you, you break an arm, that's luck. But um, for a lot of other things, like um, kind of hamstring pulls, uh, calf tears, things like, uh, things of these nature. Um, it, it really they, they are kind of issues that can be managed and um, you know I don't think rugby I, rugby league teams ever kind of get enough credit for this and, and, yeah. and Tim Gabbett will, will very much tell you that um, you know kind of his work like dating back you know all the way to like the early 90s you know rugby league teams plus AFL teams but here just our major football cards in, uh, in, in general in Australia they were way ahead of the curve in using all this GPS data, that right? and yeah, they—that's why all the kind of these kind of kind of uh, analytic techniques that are being used around the world with like yeah. some of the biggest soccer clubs or teams in the NBA or the NFL—they're doing things that were pioneered well, yeah. kind of uh, uh, here, um, kind of with with rugby league and with the AFL, and yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's really really interesting and. Um, Kind of the one thing that also stuck with me that uh, that Tim told me was that um, this is a guy who's been looking at kind of the 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 rugby league injury toll over a very long baseline, almost a quarter century now. Yeah. And what he had to say was, you know, kind of contrary to what our perception might be, hasn't changed, no, has okay. not changed very much at yeah. all. So that yeah. that can either say, speak to kind of two things: one that you know that kind of like the injury rate kind of is, is fairly constant no matter what you feel about players being more athletic and faster and more kind of doing more damage to each other. Yep, yep. And, and the other thing I guess that's kind of pertinent to say is that, um, you know, we haven't actually done anything to prevent, you know, if, if, or done anything more effective to prevent yeah. the injuries. Like, like for example, yeah. you know, return to, uh, return to action has improved. So if, say, for example, you break a bone, you're back in six weeks. Okay. That, that's improved. 
Yeah. Or, yes, I see uh, more other minor injuries. You but just brought up the issue of Jake Friend with his broken hand and so forth. But they're more technology. You know, exactly. It's, it's, more, it's more of a medical, that's more of a medical yeah. type thing rather than kind of a, a, kind of a management practice. Yeah, yeah. Type of type of uh, type of thing. So, yeah, yeah it's it's really oh. quite interesting. I mean, obviously, this premiership chase will be shaped again by who can remain kind of healthy towards right. towards the end of the year. But um, yeah, in, in a lot of cases, you know, your club, your team has more kind of you know, kind of control over it probably than ever before. Yet at the same time, <laughs> you know, they don't have as much control as they'd like to think. <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic and. Uh yeah, if, if you see that at, at a newsagent or an airport or whatever, just pick up doctor the, surgery. Yeah, they're, 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 you know, although yeah. you know, I mean, that probably be an addition from three months ago. Especially <laughs> since we got rid of the sports model ten years ago, huh? we're allowed into <laughs> dentists and doctor surgery, surgery and stuff. Just the wrong type of doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, very good. All right, well, um, get out there and enjoy your uh, retro round of footy, and um, uh, have, have a good weekend. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. 